Calvary Baptist Church podcast, where we share weekly sermons from our church services. We're so glad you've decided to join us today. We are a multi-generational family church located in the heart of Little Rock. Calvary's mission is to glorify God by making disciples who make disciples. Whether you've long been part of our church family or are tuning in for the first time, we hope our podcast provides the same kind of welcoming space you'd find here on Sunday mornings. Most of all, we hope this space helps you engage God's Word and grow in your faith. Well, on one occasion, Jesus was approached by some leading Sadducees, Pharisees, and rabbis. And they asked him to weigh in on a very important question of their day. And the question that they asked Jesus was, what is the greatest commandment? Now, they were students of the law, the Old Testament law, and they knew that there were 613 different Old Testament laws or commands that Jesus could have chosen from. But no doubt, they were expecting him to choose from one of the Big Ten. And what we mean by that is one of the Ten Commandments. Which one, Jesus, do you think is the most important of all? Well, they might have been a little surprised by Jesus' answer. Because instead of choosing one of the ten, he basically ends up summarizing all ten with two commandments. And he said, the first and the greatest is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. In other words, love him first, love him most, love him fully. But then he said, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So essentially, he was summarizing all of the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments focus on loving God. We started off by talking about having no other gods before us. That was the very first commandment. Love the one true God. Love the right God. The second commandment was how we love God and how we worship. And we were told to worship in the right way. Worship the right God in the right way. The third commandment is do not misuse God's holy name. And then the fourth commandment was to remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Have a very special day. One day a week set apart for the worship of your holy God. So these first four commandments essentially were teaching us to love God. And we're explaining how we could love God first and most. But then he said the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we look at the next six commandments, they're all talking to us about how we can love our neighbors as ourselves. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not covet. And all of these are vitally important. But the second part of this group, loving your neighbor, actually starts with a very foundational commandment, and that is honor your father and your mother. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This is the fifth commandment. Many people see this kind of as a hinge commandment. 
And it's a commandment hinging these two very important commands that Jesus gave us. Love God first and most and fully. And then through the love of God, he will help us to love our neighbors. Right between those two is this fifth commandment. You'll find it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. If you'll look in your Bibles, we'll actually read it from the scriptures because it also has a promise that comes with it. You'll find it in Exodus 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So there it is. Honor your father and your mother. It's a foundational commandment in several respects. One thing we know about this is that it's connected to our love for God. There's a passage in the next book that comes, the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, where God tells Moses to tell the people that they are supposed to be holy like he's holy. You need to be a holy people serving a holy God is in essence what Moses was told to tell them. But then it goes on to explain how they could live that out, how they could be holy. And not surprisingly, it really kind of captures almost all of the list of the Ten Commandments. Keep the Sabbath. Have a special day of worship. Avoid idolatry. Give sacrificial gifts as you worship, worship offerings. Care for the poor. Don't steal or rob from your neighbor. Tell the truth. Don't hate. You can connect almost all of these to one of the Ten Commandments. But you know what the list starts with? In Leviticus 19, verse 3, it says, it starts with, respect your father and your mother. And so again, we need to understand that this is a vitally important commandment, not just for our relationship with each other, but for our relationship with God. It's also vitally important and foundational because it's the very first relationship that we all have, a relationship with our parents. And if that relationship is solid and strong and healthy and good, it will translate into good, solid, healthy relationships with others, our neighbors, the people that God brings into our lives, especially those in authority. I had the privilege of teaching at a college, on a college campus for 16 years, and uh, my job primarily was teaching freshmen and sophomores. So these are kids that are just now kind of coming out of uh, you know, living by, with their parents, living in their homes, and now for the first time, many of them were living independently and trying to find their way, make their own choices. And often, very often, we would come across a young man or a young woman who really cared deeply about his or her peers, somebody that was very conscientious, somebody that was very caring, somebody that worked very, very hard, was diligent with their studies and other endeavors, 
somebody that was very moral, somebody that was very responsible, somebody that was very respectful. And when we ran into a young person like that, and we often did, you know what we thought? We thought, wow, we owe a great debt of gratitude to his or her parents because they did an exceptional job. And often I would have the chance to actually meet those parents or hear more of their stories uh, along the way. And that was almost always true. They had very good, honorable parents who taught them how to be honorable to them as well. So I think the same thing is in reverse. If you see a young person who doesn't care about others, somebody that lives very selfishly, somebody that is irresponsible, somebody that is immoral, somebody that is not respectful, then often it indicates that there was a problem at home. And either they had parents that were abusive or absentee or other issues, and it often results in that type of behavior. And it goes on. It's not just the behavior with their parents at stake. It's the behavior with others, especially authority figures. And so we know, just living in this culture, that this is not just a foundational principle for our own spiritual lives, not just a foundational commandment and principle for healthy families in the church, but it is a foundational principle for healthy cultures and societies. So what does it mean? What does it mean to actually honor your father and your mother? Well, I think we can define it in several ways. First of all, it means that we hold them with great value. We hold them with high esteem, that we hold them with great respect, and we treat them with dignity. I think all of these things are wrapped up in a definition of honoring your father and your mother. Value, respect, honor, dignity. All comes together. So biblically speaking, how do we live this out? How do we keep the fifth commandment? Well, there are several things I believe the scriptures teach us that we can look at. So I'm just going to take you through a brief journey, a biblical journey of what it looks like to honor one's parents. The first thing is that we honor our fathers and mothers by listening to them. Proverbs 1, verse 8 and 9 says this, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Now, these Proverbs, some theologians will tell us, were actually, to the ancient Israelite parents, they were their discipleship training manual for their kids. It's what these Proverbs were. It's why you see so many of them talking about fathers addressing their sons or their children. And it's really relaying God's wisdom to your children. 
Now, what we're told from the child's perspective is that they were supposed to listen to this wisdom that would adorn them. You know, these, the, verse 9 is saying this is be like a garland or a crown upon your head and a valuable necklace around your neck. And so as those things make one beautiful on the outside, so listening to your parents will make one beautiful on the inside. That's what this proverb is teaching. There's another one, verse 23, Proverbs 23, verse 22, says, listen, again, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. I think my father had his own version of verse 22. Listen to your father who gave you life. Occasionally, when it was necessary, he said, son, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of this world. You've probably heard that yourself, it sounds like. Listen. Starts with listening. What, that, what does that mean? It means valuing what your parents are saying to you, caring deeply about it, hearing it, understanding it. But then there's really a next step, and that's number two. We honor our fathers and mothers by obeying them. And we have another Proverbs here. Proverbs 6.20 says, My son, keep your father's command, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So once we hear, we listen well, and we understand the commands, the teachings of our parents, then we need to apply them. We need to obey them, put it into practice in our lives. The New Testament is replete with this same concept. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So if you're a child here today, you need to understand that obeying your parents is vitally important to your spiritual well-being, to your spiritual faithfulness, not just to the well-being of your parents and your family and yourself. This pleases the Lord. We know we have our grand example of obedience in Christ. There's only one story we have of Jesus' childhood after the very beginning days, the, the times when he was a, an infant. And that occurs when Jesus was 12 years old and ends up getting left at the temple at one of the major festivals. The parents apparently uh, thought he was with extended family and they traveled away from Jerusalem, uh, probably a day's uh, travel, and then they realize that evening, as they're probably gathering up for camp, that Jesus was not with them. So in a panic, they hurry back to Jerusalem and find Jesus at the temple courtyards, having dialogue with the religious teachers. Well, after that, we have in Luke 2.51, it says, then he went, after they found him, talked to him, it says, then he went down to Nazareth, their hometown, with them and was obedient to them. So Jesus, of course, models obedience to one's parents. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3, Paul actually quotes the fifth commandment as he talks about this. And in Ephesians 6, it's talking about some, uh, basically 
being submissive to authority figures. And in this case, he's talking to children, and he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he quotes the fifth commandment, verse two, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Before we move on, let's talk briefly about this promise. What does that mean? Are we supposed to take that literally or not? Well, I think the answer is yes and no. The yes part is that for the Old Testament Israelites who were originally given the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, we know that part of their inheritance was going to be a new land, the promised land. And they were told that their covenant relationship with God would determine how well they experienced that new land and how long they would be allowed to stay. You just read through Exodus and Deuteronomy and some of those uh, stories and the teachings they were being given, and they were told, if you obey our commands, you keep this covenant, then you will be blessed and it will go well and you will live corporately a long time in the land. But if you don't, then you will lose your privilege of living a long time in the land. And that's exactly what happened to the Israelites because of their extended disobedience. They lost their right to live long in the land. What does it mean when Paul says this to children? Well, Paul is probably focusing more on the metaphorical sense of that term. And what he's really saying is so that it will go well with you, so that you will experience all the abundant blessings and goodness that God has for you. Children, obey your parents so that you will experience the good life that God has for you and your parents together. A third thing we need to think about is we honor our fathers and mothers. One way we do that is by expressing our gratitude for them. You know, the scriptures tell us as Christ followers, we're to always live with gratitude and thankfulness. One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And as you read through the scriptures, especially the New Testament, you just see time and time again, thanks being given, not just to God, but thanks to God for others. Paul almost always does this in his letters. If you've read through the New Testament in Paul's writings, in virtually every one of those letters, to Romans, to the Philippians, uh, to the Colossians, uh, to the, Thessalonica, the people from Thessalonica, he was constantly saying, I thank God for you. I'm so grateful for you and for all the good things that God is doing in you and through you. And if we're thankful, and Paul was thankful for those church families, no doubt he was teaching those children in those families to be thankful for their parents. Gratitude is very, very important. As I knew I was about to preach this sermon, I uh, felt led to call my mother, 
Uh, my father is no longer living, but my mother is 84 years old and called her up, said, Mom, guess what I'm preaching on on Sunday? And I said, I'm preaching on the fifth commandment to honor your father and your mother. And I just want to take a moment and thank you for the job you did with Jeff and I. Thank you so much for being such a good, godly mother. And it meant a lot to her. We need to express our gratitude to our parents. A fourth thing we need to do is we honor our fathers and mothers by taking care of them when needed. One thing that the scriptures are very clear on is that that's part of our calling to God and to our parents, especially as they get older and may need more care. You know, in Mark chapter 7, Jesus is actually addressing the religious leaders of his day who were kind of shirking their responsibility to care for their aging parents. And what they would do, they were kind of playing games by setting aside a lot of their money for spiritual things, saying this is devoted to God, therefore it can't be used for human purposes. You know what Jesus said about that? In Mark 7, verse 12, he says, absolutely not. This is my paraphrase. Absolutely not. That money needs to be used. You're nullifying the word of God by the traditions that you're passing down. Take care of your parents. And then Paul says it very, very clearly in 1 Timothy 5.8. He says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So the fourth thing, the fourth way we can honor our fathers and mothers is to take care of them when they are in need. And that certainly includes as they get older and may need more and more support and help. So if we summarize all of this, there's really five things we can say. Here's five things that we, who are children, whether you're a grown child or not. These are five things we can say. <clears throat> the first one is primarily for younger children who are living in the home. Children, teenagers, college students, still under your family's direct care, still dependent upon mom and dad. First thing you need to say is, yes, mom, or yes, dad. What does that mean? Well, that means you not only need to listen to them, but then you need to obey them. And I would encourage you, if you're in that category, say you're a teenager, and your mom or dad says, hey, well, I want you to, let's just say, take out the trash. I want you to, I want to encourage you not just to hear that and make a commitment to doing it, but make a commitment to hear it and do it immediately. Take out the earbuds, Pause the video game or the movie or whatever it is you're doing on your phone. Set it down. Say, yes, moms, yes, dad. Immediately go pick up the trash, take it outside, and then come back. But when you come back in, let me just warn you, you'll probably find mom and dad passed out cold on the kitchen floor <laughs> from the shock of what they just witnessed. But I'll assure you, when they come to, they will be very happy and proud parents. 
yes, mom, yes, dad. Secondly, say thank you, mom, or thank you, dad. That's really a sign of maturity. When children, teenagers, college students, young adults thank their parents, it means the world to your parents. And your parents are constantly doing things that are praiseworthy uh, and worth the gratitude that you can share with them. Frequently tell them thank you. It'll mean a lot. Third, say, I'm sorry, Mom, or I'm sorry, Dad. Your parents don't expect you to be perfect, but they do expect you to take ownership of your mistakes, and they do expect you to learn from your mistakes. So, especially if you're at the age where you're still under their direct authority in their home. But really, a lot of us learn this even later. I don't know how many of you, when you became a parent, especially a parent of a teenager, called your parents and said those very words, Mom and Dad, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We need to learn to, to express that in appreciation for them. Own our mistakes. It goes a long way to a healthy relationship with our parents. A fourth thing is say hello, mom, or hello, dad. You know, often, especially if you're a college student, young adult, even uh, somebody, uh, you know, that's older, uh, maybe that lives away from your parents, it's vitally important that you stay in touch. Give them that phone call. Send them that text if they are the texting type. Make those visits. Stay in touch. They love to hear from us. They love to hear from you. And then fifth, say, I'll be right there, Mom, or I'll be right there, Dad, when they are in need. They need to know that they are a priority relationship in our lives. Well, let me say just one more thing before I close. Let me talk to you briefly about spiritual parenting. You know, we took that pledge as a congregation to stand with the Walkers and the Nortons as they raise their children. And really, it's a pledge we are making to all of our children, to all of our families, that we will be with you, we'll be for you, we'll be there to help you, we'll help young families, we'll help grandparents. We want to be a part of the lives of these children, especially if there's a child that maybe doesn't have a parent directly involved in their spiritual growth and development. You and I can make a huge impact, a discipleship impact in these families' lives and in their children's lives. Case in point, when I was in junior high school, my best friend was Chuck Niven, And uh, I spent more time, I think, in those three years or so at Chuck's house than I did at my house. And Chuck had uh, wonderful Christian parents. I had a godly family. My mom was a very devout believer, but my dad was not a churchman, a wonderful dad, but not a churchman. And so sitting at uh, at Chuck's family's table for those meals and seeing how his dad, Mr. Niven, interacted with his wife, Mrs. Lou Niven, wonderful examples, tremendously wise man. And he cared deeply, not just about his children, but he cared deeply about his children's friends. 
You know, one of the things that happened, uh, I lost my dad when I was 14 years old, and shortly, uh, it was really kind of during this time period, the next spring, Mr. Niven, Charlie Niven, invited me to go on a father and son retreat with him and his son to a Christian camp and didn't treat me as an outsider. That's a spiritual parent. That's a beautiful thing that you can offer to a child in need. And there were others. I've told you the story about the man who discipled me. He was just a volunteer layman. I was part of a group, a fellowship of Christian athletes group at my high school. We started this group when I was a freshman. And basically, we had a coach that would be our sponsor, but the coach said, I can't be there very often. You might want to get a, an adult volunteer that can be present. And so some of the other guys in our group said, we know just the one to ask. It was a man who was volunteering with their youth in, his, in their church, and they invited Danny Hassel to come into our lives. You know what Danny did for the next five years, all four of my years plus the next year? He was at every single Tuesday night FCA meeting, taking time away from his family. He helped us with our retreats. He attended all of our retreats. We had one in the spring, and then we had summer camp. Drove us to Black Mountain, North Carolina one year because we were too young to drive. And then he started meeting with the seven FCA officers in his home on Saturday mornings. What was he doing? He was discipling us. And of those seven guys, I've lost track of one of them. But two of the others went to seminary. Three are in full-time ministry. And three others are major significant lay leaders in their churches. Spiritual parenting is huge. If we are going to be a church living out our vision of being a disciple-making church, We've got to adopt that philosophy, that lifestyle. We've got to be like the Apostle Paul who talks about Timothy, his young son in the faith. We need sons and daughters in the faith that we're adopting, that we're coming alongside, helping their parents raise them, their grandparents care for them, teaching them the Word of God, discipling them. If we do this well, then we will be honorable parents who are teaching our children the value of honor. That's my prayer for our church. I hope you'll join me in this prayer. Let's pray now. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church podcast. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us in person each Sunday morning. Our contemporary worship service is at 9 a.m. and our traditional service is at 11.15. For more information, be sure to check out our website, cbclr.org.